Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up? Nothing much, friend. How's it going? Doing good, man. Uh, had a nice little weekend. I went to go see my mom. Uh, stayed at a hotel. Selfie wanted to do this. Go on a little trip thing, stay at a hotel. So. Oh, this was her idea. Yeah. Oh, the kids are running the house. Well, we no, but she wanted to go. You know, let's stay. She always bring up. Let's go. Let's stay at the let's Four Seasons. Let's, let's stay at a hotel, and then we surprised her by going to Hershey Park. That's um, cool. So that was pretty cool. It was. I'm tired as hell. Um, but it's all good that we had. A, we had a good time. It was fun. That the weather was this. Going to amusement park nice and at a, like sixty five seventy is perfect for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't too st- not to have to stand those lines. Not exactly. It wasn't the lines were a little bit long, but um, going on a Saturday, I think it's better going on a Sunday because more people are off on Sunday. So mm. the lines probably would have been probably are crazy Worse today because it's even the weather is even better today. Yes. So, but other than that, I had a I had a we had a great time. It was super fun. It's beautiful. Man. It's always it's always good to connect with the fam. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but you. Not much, man. Um, I had a birthday on uh, Friday. It mm-hmm. was my birthday. Yeah, yep. Friday was my birthday. Oh, first of all, thank you to all the birthday. Uh, oh, man, get in there. All the incredible listeners who wish me a happy birthday. Thank you very much. I didn't even tell anybody it was my birthday, so that was... Um, I think yeah. they saw oh. my, my Pfizer. I put my, oh. I, I put my <laughs> vaccine. Because, you know, I, I'm a person that feels like, you know, when you have a platform, right, mm-hmm. you know, and I, we've been talking about trying to turn bend the curve and everything. So I wanted to put my money where my mouth is, and I went and got the first shot of the vaccine. So I just what? To t- yeah, yeah, man. I'm, what I'm, was I'm, this? Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. Last, the Wednesday before my birthday. So I'm, I'm one shot vaxxed up. Uh, what you got there? Johnson Johnson? No, I oh. think they, if it's back on the streets, cool, but they recalled it for a second because it was giving people who, who had Red also. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I, and I'm not, I don't have all the details in it. So I'm not saying like, if you get it, you oh, have yeah, a blood yeah. clot, but I think you had to, some pre- some some already preconditions, mm. and then that was the factor, and some women got some blood clots. Yeah, but now I got the Pfizer. I'm Pfizered up, Pfizer gang. Um, Any side effects? No, no, I mean my arm hurt like the way you would get a shot, a shot? at oh, period. Okay. So yeah. no, I didn't have any side effects. I did. I will take that back. I did have a stuffy nose. Okay, for like the the rest of that day. Mm. But I also have allergies, and it's allergy season, so I'm not just, I'm no. not gonna say yeah. that they're connected. 
Um, yeah, no, but I got my one half, the other half I get in May, and then that will coincide with some information that we're going to give to people when we get to the shout-out, so that's going to be, you know, that's some pretty cool news. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on from vaccine talk, like I said, my birthday was uh, Friday, it passed, I had a very chill birthday, I turned 29, Yeah, uh, it was very, it was an uneventful age for me, so I just wanted to have a very chill birthday, I'm not a guy that yeah. likes to like make a spectacle of myself and things like that, so what me and my fiance did was we we did some mushrooms, we had like a bar of mushroom chocolate. We split it down the middle, mm-hmm. and then we went to a reservoir near our house and okay. just got lost in the woods. Not lost, but like just walked around the woods, looked at trees, looked at, you know, looked at, at nature. We saw a snake. How it, do you get there? You drive to it. But, I mean, you were on shrimp. I don't understand. Oh, I mean, like they take a minute to kick in. So okay. you, like, take, you take them, and then you just go for a hike, and then at some Until point in the out. hike, it, it kicks in. Oh, no, it's you'll be home before it wears off. It lasts like six oh, hours. Shit. So... But we took it like 30 minutes before we left, and then we started our hike, and okay. then we're just enjoying our hike. And then at some point, you're like, oh, that cloud like looks like a hand, and it's grabbing the other cloud. And then you're just out there. Listen, I had my music on my back and my book bag, so it was okay. like vibrating my back. And I had all this. I had like I have like a um, trippy playlist, so we're listening to music. I brought like chips and bananas and shit. And so mm-hmm. we're walking around and uh, sitting every once in a while, looking at stuff, looking at the water and everything like that. Mm. And then... Uh, at some point on the way back, you know, we had, you know, you make all these connections and you have all these revelations and everything. And we had this really special kind of connected the path that we took. We split when we first started, mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's go this way. Mm-hmm. And then we were coming back. We came like we were at a fork in the road when we started. And then she wanted to go left. I wanted to go right. And then I went right. And then when we were coming back, we ended up back on that fork. But like we walked back on the path that she was that she wanted Just to go to, on. Oh, yeah. And then we were like, oh, what? Oh, what? You know, so we Is it that big of a deal? What? That what I just said? Yeah. I mean, it was when you're high <laughs> off your face. Yeah, it was it was it was mad deep. That's it was crazy. super deep. It was like it was like, man, it's like trust and you got to believe in me. Imagine somebody being there that wasn't on street. <laughs> like, like what are the they all right? I'm like, they're like, there. That's how paths work. You can go one way and then you end up coming back on the other. We were like, no, it's deeper than that. It's oh, it's mad deep. Like it's crazy. It gets, it gets crazy up here. But um, no, it was a very that beautiful birthday. Bad, we went and got tacos afterwards. Ooh. And so that was a great way to cap off uh, a, a wonderful, chill birthday. And um, these tacos are, you, I, you, you had them. I brought, yeah, I brought yeah. you the tacos. Spot. Oh, man. That's just, so it was a perfect way to cap off a birthday. <laughs> like I said, thank you to everybody who um, gave me birthday wishes and, and, and all that. That was beautiful. And um, This is a really awesome thing that we get to do here. And I'm super appreciative and thankful. Anyway, moving on. Don't have time for all the uh, soft-hearted bullshit. Uh, Fran, before I get into uh, a news story update, I wanted mm-hmm. to give another update because we got an email from an awesome listener who wanted to clarify something from a story you did a couple weeks ago, the Ariel, okay. the Ariel Castro story. Got you. So um, it's about school bus drivers. Um, this is from a wonderful oh. listener named Sonia. So she said, hey, guys, I finally caught up on your podcast after binging. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, Sonia. You're awesome. How about that? How about you're awesome? Uh, she said, I just wanted to clarify something about school bus drivers. I have been a school bus driver for 10 years and have driven for different school districts. While some, while some rules and regulations are different in different states, some things are non-negotiable. School bus drivers have to go through an extensive background check. They are FBI fingerprinted every four years, ran through child services every year, sent for criminal background checks every year, and now have to register through the Department of Transportation, including bringing your birth certificate to the DOT or the Department of Transportation. Never mind. Uh, are, uh, nothing, nothing, and I mean nothing, is private when you are a school bus driver. This is to ensure that crazy people are not driving your precious cargo. 
some slip through the cracks. Why? Because they are good at hiding who they are and don't get caught. Anyway, if you need any info on school bus districts uh, for your stories, you can contact me. I'm a fan. Thank you so much, Sonia. I, it's it's good to know that we have that ace in the hole. I don't know how often school bus uh, like facts would have to come up, but then again, they came up when you did your story. So we yeah. were like, how did that happen? This dude's a school bus driver and he has people in his basement? Sonia's like, hey, he, he was very good. Nobody knew who he was. But that goes to show, like, he also had people in his house and had neighbors, and they didn't know that there were people in his house. So this guy was also clearly very secretive, you know? So, you know, that goes to show you, man. People only show you what they want you to see. I'm not surprised about the whole process, though. I figured it would be like that if you drive it. Yeah, but, Shit, like, when you're telling me that story, and I'm, and then you're like, this guy drives a school bus. I'm like, how? In my mind, I'm like, yeah, it must be. You must have to get, like, ran through like a, with a fine-tooth comb to be a school bus driver, but then this guy that you're telling me about is a school bus driver. Yeah, but... I get that part. But like you said, nobody knew he had people in his house. Very true. I got a question for her. Are, do they have, um, like, um, people that watch you guys? Like, sometimes they'll come mm, out. Like inspect, a monitor? Yeah, like, you know, inspect your driving or something like that. I don't know if they, they do that. Like, they just Sonya, sneak, up on you, sneak up on you someday to see if you doing your route. Oh, like a secret, like, <laughs> like a secret, like a secret shopper? No, no, no. But because at our job, we have sometimes our, our supervisors that come out. To make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do on right. the street. Same thing I'm with saying, teachers. For, I'm, yeah, for them, mm-hmm. I'm, I wonder if they come out just to make sure they... Just ride the route with them? Th- yeah, behind them, but don't know. And see if I they, mean, that's what I mean. I don't know how they wouldn't know. It's a bus full of kids. What do you mean? How, what do you mean, how wouldn't, how wouldn't they know? It's the adult with glasses and a clipboard would stand out, like, if they're riding on the bus with you. If they're behind you? If they're not behind oh, you Oh, like car? in a car? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Sonya, let that's, us know. You mean on tailing. I thought you mean, like, on, get on no, the bus no, no, no. That's too obvious. Yeah. That's too <laughs> obvious to go, hey, look, we somebody's on the bus yeah. and need everybody to be quiet. No, I'm talking about they come out and see if they you doing the like right thing. Like a stakeout. Yeah, because like, they won't tell us that. They'll just come out and hey, right behind you. On the if, route. On the route. But oh, if you don't, wow. Okay. Yeah, like, they'll just park. I thought you were saying, like, in the in the mail, no, in no, the post office, they're, like, watching you with a clipboard. Like, no, you put the mail where it's supposed to go, yes? They'll come out and park. If you don't know, like, the supervisor's cars, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I know. So if they pop up, I'm like, okay, this person i know she's sitting right here watching me so uh i want to know if they come out and just follow you see if you you know got the keys under control yeah and you t- you on the right route stopping that uh turn signals and stuff like that i wonder if they they come out and monitor that stuff my, my, my cousin got fired from schmoo ps what? We, we don't say that we don't say the ops names on this oh, uh, yeah. on this platform he yeah. got fired from schmoo ps mm-hmm. um he he was riding around and just going to the block like Hopping out, yo, just and just not dr- delivering the mail, <laughs> and like in this dude brown in the suit, he just got the job or something. Hey, rolling craps, oh, he's happy. Crazy. Yo, I got oh, twenty five thrown. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I'm saying he just he he hadn't just got the job. Oh, he was doing that's that was that's how he, he was did doing? his job. Oh shit, he'd be like, was I'm he a, getting it done? I don't that I don't know, no. <laughs> but I have I mean, but what the point the point is they had one of those kind of situations where they staked them oh, out, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the and the guy hopped out and was like, um, I need you to just give me the key. Yeah. He was like scared of the neighborhood. He's like. I need you to just give me the keys, and um, you're fired. Shit. But you can just leave the truck here. We'll send somebody to get it. And he got the keys from him, just got back in his car, drove away. Damn. Got fired in front of all his friends. You have to go, okay, fuck you. Fuck it. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and finish this. I don't need this job. <laughs> yeah. That's what you just got to show up. I don't need this fucking job anyway. Take the, the shirt off. You just got a tank top on. I was going to quit next week anyway. Make sure when I come yeah. up there, my check is my up check. Look, I'll punch you in your fucking head. <laughs> yeah, you got, yeah, can sauce up. But, you know, when you get home, the tears come. Oh, you cry. Goodness. Man, I have benefits. I can't go back around there. No. Can't go back around the hood. And that night, when that darkness creeps in, you go, I don't have a job tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> was it worth it? No. You know, <laughs> it wasn't at all. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, Sonya, let us know. Do people yeah. fucking... 
maybe trail the bus drivers. That's you know, I didn't. That's interesting. Stakeout. They got that big camera leaning out the window with the extra lenses on it. <laughs> snapping pictures into the bus. And another update to a news story that we covered a couple of months back: the people who stole Lady Gaga's dogs have been caught, Fran. And it unfolded. The one that shot the, the shot the dog walker yeah, yeah. and took the two French bulldogs. They just been caught. Caught like recently? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was February, so it's like it's been like that was February this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a couple. It's been a couple of months, but it, it played out very similar to the way that we were discussing it at the time. So mm. check this out. So uh, five people have been arrested and charged in shooting Lady Gaga's dog walker mm-hmm. and stealing her two French bulldogs back in February. Three suspects have been charged with attempted murder and robbery, mm-hmm. and two as accessories after the initial crime, mm. according to a press release from the Los Angeles Police Department on Thursday. One of the alleged accessories is Jennifer McBride, the 50-year-old woman who returned the singer's dogs to the LAPD's Olympic Community Police Station two days after the armed robbery. Mm. Los Angeles Police Department Captain John Tippett said uh, in February that the woman who returned the dogs appeared to be uninvolved and unassociated with the incident. What? According to the latest release, however, detectives now believe McBride had a relationship with Harold White, who is 40 years old, who is the father of one of the attempted murder suspects and a documented Los Angeles gang member. Mm. Both he and McBride are being charged as accessories to attempted murder. Uh, The Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office added in a press release that White also faces a charge of possession of a firearm and that McBride faces one one count of receiving stolen property. There was also something that I read that, you know, like I said, she came forward and was like, oh, my God, I found the dogs. Yeah. Like, you know, um, where's the money? You need slick. Yeah, the 50K, right? I don't know if she was. Re- I'm, I'm sure they were like, okay, well, we got to go through wait. a process. Yeah. And, you know, and then that's, that's when the like investigation that. started. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we it's probably going to take us like 40 days to get the money together. But thank you very much for delivering the dogs. And she's like, sweet. We're going to get more money for the reward than we would have got for flipping these dogs or whatever they planned on doing. I think that's that. Crazy. And again, when we we talked about this earlier, it was like the idea that somebody knows the market of dogs. I don't understand. And like you're you would steal a dog the way you would steal a iPhone or or a laptop or something like that. I, I didn't even I'd never even conceived that that was something that was happening in the but world. But to assault a person, yeah, that's what that's I mean. Like crazy. To, to to shoot a person, potentially kill a person over some dogs, tells me that the market for the dogs is enough that's as life-changing to somebody who's in a desperate situation, which is also unfathomable to me. Yeah. And you two? Two of them? It was two of them, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, we need to we need to normalize and and promote adopting pets and 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 stop going to these breeders all the time because I don't understand why a French bulldog costs upwards of ten thousand dollars. I think that's absurd. Any dog for me is ten thousand dollars. Crazy. That's ridiculous, man. I had a Samoyed. <laughs> I had a Samoyed, and and beautiful and, dog. And, and, I mean, it was like the Brad Pitt of dogs. Nico, shout out to Nico. Hope you know. Hope he's still alive and kicking somewhere. Uh, Nico was the the Brad Pitt of dogs. Yeah. Anywhere I went, it was like a show. It, yeah. I knew it was like people going to want to pull the camera phones out and take pictures of him and like rub him and stuff. And he loved it. Yeah, he cost twelve hundred dollars. A little snorty French bull, and they're adorable mm-hmm. when they're puppies and everything. The cute little dogs. Yeah. $10,000 is ridiculous. And I don't understand yeah, why it's, it's that. And because it's that, somebody saw a, a come up when they saw somebody walking two dogs. Yeah. Because I refuse to believe that they were like, yo, hey, cuz, that's Lady Gaga's dogs. You know, I don't think that was the conversation. Yeah, that, knew that. They didn't know that. They just were like, Yo, those are f- but the but the conversation that happened is hilarious to me, because they went, yo, are those uh, Bijan Freeze? No, that's a that's a those are two French bulldogs. Yeah, oh, we can sell that man. That's two. If this a girl and boy, we can make a litter. 
Like that conversation happened in their mind. I just don't understand them being out and then going riding past, going to like get some McDonald's or something, and then seeing two dogs and go, "Oh shit!" Park the car and then like come up with this whole plan in like five seconds. That's what I mean. That's but why. Even more crazy is like, <laughs> what if it's not? If it, what if it wasn't random? What if it's like that's a popular dog walking route, and they yeah, were looking, too. they were out looking because you know it's just like that's the thing people don't like. I watched this show on, uh, it was on Hulu. It only had one season. It was about New Jersey carjackings. Mm-hmm. And the chop shops kind of deliver the message down to the people on the streets. It's like, we're looking for Toyota Corollas. We're looking for uh, uh, um, Hyundai Elantras. And then the people on the streets get the message like, okay, that you can get, we can get like 2500 if we steal one of those. So then that car will be more stolen at that time. What community is this? It's New Jersey, but this is anywhere that carjacking. I mean, happen. like, is this like a board? Is this like Facebook? What, like, I don't know. It's no, just, it's just the, the street. streets. Yeah, it's just the streets That's talk. Why. The streets talk. So it's like, yeah, I'm looking for, you know, uh, you know, a Honda. Stolen or whatever. Yeah, a Honda Accord. No, but it's like, we're looking for specific ones right now. You know, no, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's stolen or anything. It doesn't. Yeah, just it's going to definitely be stolen. Yeah, I mean, they, they, probably, they probably do the thing where it's like, don't ask any questions. They just get, you know, whatever. But like, yeah, yes. Yeah, when they're stolen, yes. They bring them to the chop shops. They change some stuff around or whatever. But my point is, something might have come down from. Uh, some other top network of people that, you know, breed, whether it's breeders or whatever, they go, we're looking for French bulldogs right now. You yeah. bring us French bulldogs, we can breed them, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you $3,000, no questions asked. Like, the, it could have been that. So they might not have been randomly, like, this is a, clearly this guy's, he's a dog walker. Mm-hmm. Wherever he's walking a dog must be probably a route that he takes pretty often. So it could be like all kind of people that walk celebrities' dogs in that neighborhood walk that way, yeah. And they're like, we're gonna, just, we're looking for, we're looking for uh, 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 golden doodles and French bulldogs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's crazy. Yeah. And then I'm talking about like some blood, some crips, whatever. Like masked up, looking for show dogs. And the lady who came forward and gave the dogs back is involved, and it's like, that's wild, bro. Yeah. So you know, prayers to the young man that got shot. Hope he's mm-hmm. you know still recovering and doing well. And and and. <laughs> Watch, protect your dogs, man. I, you know, maybe do some research. Google your dog. See what the price of your dog is right now on the streets. And um, the at least some of the people involved. I don't know if this is everybody involved. Somebody, everybody involved for, that we know of has been apprehended. And if there's anybody else that's involved, I promise you, when they get them in that room, they put that grape soda or you know that that, <laughs> ho- that Hawaiian punch yeah. or you know that you know whatever in front of them, mm. and they start asking them those questions and, and telling them that this person was talking and all that shit on first forty eight. When that shit starts going down, if it's somebody else involved, they will get caught. Funny shit I've ever seen. That's, they start just uh, get to talking. You know, this man in this room, he yeah. said it was all you. Yeah. No, it wasn't me. It was Kevin. Kevin didn't even get caught. Kevin's at home. Wow. Now Kevin's, you know, so that will happen if everybody's not I caught. I ain't no snitch. Yeah. Go to the commercial, but come back. <laughs> hey, you drink bones got shit. Popcorn, got popcorn <laughs> shrimp, you know, just living. Cold Look cut subs. <laughs> Laid back, got his so arm funny, on the back man. of the chair, like... So it was it was probably like a like a Wednesday <laughs> sauce and shit on his hands. <laughs> some some kind of uh some kind of mayonnaise right. combo <laughs> and an aioli. Uh but anyway, uh we have some uh an, uh, an announcement to make before it leads us perfectly into the shout outs. Um uh it is official if you've been follow if you follow us on Twitter, I made some tweets uh, probably like a couple weeks ago about us uh going to CrimeCon. Mm-hmm. The plan was to go to CrimeCon just as patrons and just kind of sp- spot it out and you know see the vibes and have a good time and whatever, right? Um through some kind of stumbling around into happenstance is really all I can call it. We are now going to 
CrimeCon, and we're going to be participating in Podcast Row. So yep. that's going to be really fun and awesome. We're going to Austin, Texas. The tickets are bought. Um, uh, June 4th through the 6th is the festival. We're going June 3rd through the 7th. We're just going to go kick it, buy some cowboy boots, eat some some barbecue. Yeah, you know, I'm excited just, to get some spurs, man. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think it's going you know, to get you a cowboy hat. I think yeah. it's going to be a really good look for you. Um, but I can not stress this enough. Literally, we would not be going on this trip if it wasn't for the people supporting us on Patreon. Because of the support we get from the people on Patreon, we are able to um, take this trip and and make this last minute decision. And we're so thankful and grateful to everybody who supports us on the Patreon. Um, we plan on you know delivering some exclusive content from Austin while we're out there podcasting videos, whatever the case may be. We still don't know all the details on that stuff that we're going to do, but it's going to be something because we want people to see, you know, and, and be entertained by the journey that they put us on because we're very grateful and very appreciative of that. It's uh, really is a blessing, man. Uh, I don't know even know the last time you've been on a plane, friend. I think when we went to, uh, no, 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 no. 2014, 2015, I went on a plane. To go where? We went on a cruise. To, with, I flew down to Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so I'm very excited to get you on a plane. Never been to Texas? Been to Texas, no. So I'm very, I'm just very excited to have all these firsts with my friend and and and. and We've been on a plane together before. No, but I'm just saying in oh. this in this in this capacity, man. We're podcasters oh, going yeah. to a podcast event. Yeah, I gotta find something to put me to sleep because I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 not uh, stoked to get on the plane. I can we'll tell you that we we'll get you some melatonin, man. We we'll get something. you some melatonin. Pour that just into put a me bottle out. of water just and put me out. Nice and sleepy, man. Wake me up when um, I get there. But again, man, thank you so much to all the supporters and everybody, whether you're on the Patreon or not. Honestly, just. Giving us a platform to have a podcast, it helps. All of that is, it, it's all the part of the journey. Yeah. And we're just incredibly thankful, and it's been a beautiful ride. Now, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into these shout-outs, man. Ooh. All right, so if I'm off and where I start, some people might might get their their name read twice. Um, I can't really remember where I start, ended off last week, but it doesn't really matter. Everybody is important. These are just the, some of the new supporters who um, we want to give a shout out to. Uh, we're going to start off with Amanda M. Thank you very much for I'm doing the singing thing this week. Uh, that's Amanda M. Yeah. Up next, we got going with the beat. Rachel or Rachel. Yeah. Uh, that's Rachel or Rachel. Shout out to you. Next, we got Lauren. She's never Lauren. Uh, uh. Hmm? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> Then we got Johanna. Johanna, make me hungry. What? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's going to make me hungry, friend. I don't know. Uh. Up next, we got Brittany D.H. Uh, Brittany D.H., y'all. Brittany D.H., y'all. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Up next, we got Zachary S. Yeah. And I remember now, because I said Zachary, friend. Last week, I said Zachary, friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we got Amy C. Amy C. Uh, yeah. Oh, but uh, we got oh, we got Amy C. Yep. Up next, we got Alexandria, Alexandria, Virginia. I don't know place or person. Who knows, friend? Okay. Up next, we got Janelle H. Oh, we got Janelle. She never fell in her life, friend. She never fell in her life. <laughs> Up next, yeah. Mm, uh, drop uh, one. Uh. Up next, we got Rose. Roses bloom in May sometimes, friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's springtime and roses bloom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. come on, springtime, roses bloom. Oh. Next, we got Devin Page. Oh, I just didn't mean to say her whole name. Dad, we got Devin. <laughs> we got Devin P. Shout out to you. Yeah, uh, Devin, but it's with an O because she's a girl. Devon, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. 
Vaughn, y'all. Uh, and uh, lastly, we got Allison. Shout out to Allison. Yeah. Wonderland? I don't know. Could be any land. We, we can go. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's the shout out to everybody. Yeah. Thank you all for the support. Thank you all very much. Much appreciated. Um, yeah, like I said, but on a serious note, before we uh, take a quick break, um, like I said already several times before, we're going to Austin, Texas. We're going to Crime Con. We're going to be a part of Crime Con. I'm super excited. It's going to happen in June. Um, if you're going, if you're going, look for us. I'm trying to go to a karaoke bar. If you're going virtually, look for us on Podcast Row. Very excited. Um, I think we're going to play a couple of games and give away some fun prizes and things like that. Um, but yeah, so thank you all very much. This uh, journey has been informative, enlightening, fun, hard, a bunch of other adjectives, man. But we're very appreciative of you guys sticking with us and anybody who's been joining along the way. Thank you all very much. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative Murder is brought to you by The Social High Five. During 2020, we all had to adapt to some very unexpected conditions. It was no different for us sports fans. We're all anxiously looking forward to the time that we can reopen sports bars and stadiums, but COVID, flu, and other health risks are still very real. Now, though, there's an awesome new way for fans to cheer on their team and still keep their hands germ-free. With the Social High Five. Made from a sturdy, light, and easy-to-clean styrene, the Social High Five straps to your hand with ease and allows for a hygienic hand slap after your team scores a big goal, makes a massive play, and hopefully wins the big game. The company actually sent Fran and I a couple of social high fives. And while I believe podcasting is a sport, Fran has asked me to stop using mine to slap his butt because, quote, this is not basketball, man. We're talking into microphones, end quote. Give the sports fanatic in your life a helping hand with the social high five. Just go to social H-I-G-H, the number five dot com and order one today i think this will be a fantastic product for sports bars or even sporting organizations to just have ready for when fans come back when patrons come back into their businesses to say hey we're still following the guidelines we still want people to be safe but it's okay to celebrate and cheer when your team does something awesome so again go to socialhighfive.com and get you one today and tell them affirmative murder sent you all right back to the show All right, welcome back. It's my turn to go first this week. So, I've been on the TikTok lately. The TikTok, right? yeah. Yes, been on the talk lately. TikTok, you don't stop. I found something that I didn't even know exists. This might sound crazy to you, but I didn't, I didn't even know this was a thing. And this is how I, I oh, found intriguing. my story this week. Intriguing. Oh, I'm all ears. So, I didn't know anything about sundown towns. No? No. Okay. Yeah, well, you know. Didn't know anything about it. Getting informed is never something I'm going to judge or like was, be looked at. Yeah, that's yeah, I, yeah, cool. But I, yeah. we I've never done like I don't think either one of us done a story with that happened. Maybe it had. Maybe it has, but it had to come if up it was with like that a term. quick a quick reference maybe. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um so uh I'm sure most people know what sundown towns are, but I do want to read the definition of a sundown town. Uh a show that I, you know, recommended to you very many times uh on HBO Max called Lovecraft Country does a great job illustrating what a uh, sundown town is. So maybe when you see that in five years, you'll be like, oh, oh that, oh, a sundown town. That's what it looks like. Okay, cool. So whenever maybe you I'll get, watch it after I get done snowfall. Okay, yeah, well, I, I would, yeah, yeah, snowfalls, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> sundown towns, also known as sunset towns, gray towns, or sundowner towns, um, which are all white neighborhoods in the United States that practice a form of racial, racial segregation 
by excluding non-whites via some combination of discriminatory local laws, intimidation, or violence. Maryland has three. Yeah. We have uh, Chevy Chase, Maryland. Mm-hmm. I've never been. I don't know what that is. I wonder why. Uh, Silver Springs, Maryland. I think I've, I've been Passed there. through. Definitely passed yeah. through. And Washington, Washington Grove, Maryland. Mm. Don't know where that is either. But I didn't even know this thing existed. I didn't know... Especially having it in 2021, like this is still a thing. It's crazy. Well, I don't know if it's. It, I don't know if that's the thing. I don't know if the, you. It would still be called a thing, but like the the. I think you're reading a list of things that places that were that sundown were? towns. But the thing is also, I don't know that for a fact because things change, right? Because mm-hmm. I know that there are some cities or some towns mm-hmm. in this country to this day because when when sundown towns were absolutely a thing, where it's like, don't let the sun set on you, nigger. Yeah, like yeah. that that was on signs mm-hmm. in front of coming into towns. Yeah. When that was a thing, they would have a like an alarm at six o'clock. You know how they, like that, they're like, maybe not oh. that, but something like it. Oh, okay. And there are towns that still every day the alarm will go off, and they're just still? like that's just something we do here. Like now they're like we don't really like you know oh, like, acquaint like, it to that anymore. Like but it's the, just like something that's a part of the town, like now. flying a Confederate flag. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it's like it's still just part of the culture here at six o'clock. That's just the like time to go home bell. There was a dude, there's a dude on, on one of the routes that I've done that had, they used to have the Confederate flag up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he, he took it down for some reason. I don't know if somebody says something or whatever. He's but probably at the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> probably, but he took it down and now he has a plaque on his, his house that says, uh, no hate, just, um, uh, heritage. Heritage. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it says. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the name derives from the, from the posted and verbal warnings issued to blacks that although they might be allowed to work or travel in the community during the daytime, they must leave by sundown. Yep. Although the term mo- most often refers to the forced exclusion of blacks, the history of sundown towns also include pr- um, pro- prohibitions mm-hmm. against Jews, Native Americans, Chinese, Japanese, and other minority groups. Yeah. So they have, uh, there was a screenshot from a, um, uh, I guess like some type of billboard from 1940 that's called the Negro Mortarist Green Book. Green Book. Yeah, yeah. And it has like, Hotels, taverns, uh, garages, nightclubs, restaurants, service stations, um, automotives, tourist homes, road houses. Uh, what's that? Barbers, barbershops, and beauty salons. That yeah. was just like. This is ref- This is also referenced in um, in uh, Lovecraft Country, but it's also referenced in a movie that caught a lot of heat because it did the whole white savior thing. It was mm-hmm. a movie called Green Book. It won the Oscar a couple mm-hmm. years ago, but it really focused on like. This white guy learning not to be racist because he's hanging out with this black dude, but it didn't really focus on the black dude. It was like the white dude learning to not be racist, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's like a good guy at the end of the thing. Like yeah. that was really the the point of the movie. Instead of focusing on like there's these towns that black people aren't allowed in, and so you need this book yeah. to to like fucking navigate. It was like that was the B story, and the A story was like this white guy that became not racist anymore. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, but it's been referenced in ways. Uh, but yeah, I'm not surprised that you might not have, you know, zoomed in and, and, and heard about right. it. Right, but the the TikTok I saw, which made me look it up or do more further research, was a guy. I don't know if you know, I don't know if the story is true or not. But he was like that. Uh, he went on a trip to some famous like um, popular like lake or river he went to, whatever. Uh huh. And he said that he stopped at like some random ass gas stations, and the guy said something like, you know, you should get out of here or something, whatever. He was mm. like, that's when he found out like he didn't know what a sundown town was. Sure. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to get out of here. You know, I don't know if it was true or not or whatever. Sure. It could have been. I also don't live in fucking <laughs> Oregon or <laughs> Alabama right, right, or right. something. So I don't know. I, I I'm, can't I'm remember. speaking to somebody from a place that, that that doesn't happen here. Right. I don't. I can't remember what he said, but it was like, I don't, I don't know if he could have been fabricating the story or not, but that's what he was like. That's why I found out about 
Sundown Towns, and he was like, I got the fuck out of there because I didn't yeah. know what. For sure. I, I'm not taking a chance with that. He could have been just some crazy old man lying to get you out of the True. town. Who True. He, he, just, he was racist, but yeah. he also could have been like, I fucking, I am racist, but like this whole town is racist. Right, but it's like, even if the term is not, don't have the same meaning as it used to now, mm-hmm. the, the energy's still there. Still, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like they might not, they might weird. not, they might not like light your house on fire, but they're gonna be like they looking think at about you. It. They're, they're gonna be looking out there. <laughs> they're gonna be looking at you. There's gonna be a lot of animosity yeah. in the air. This is Fifty years ago, we lit shit on fire. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know if that. I don't. I can't say like that's not true. I don't know if that's not true. That could be the case because you know a lot of a lot of a lot of we talk about this all the time, but like a lot of the 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 districting lines and the the the. The, the demographics of these cities and states and towns in this country are based in race. Yeah. A town being all white might not be co- a coincidence. The Midwest being this like all white area might be because black people and brown people weren't welcome there historically when they built the towns. Yeah. So, why so then they never came back. Right. Like it was like, oh, well, we just don't move to fucking, you know, Des Moines, Iowa. Right. You know, because it's like, why? We're not welcome there. Right. My ancestors weren't welcome there. So we just kind of set up shop around around there yeah you know and then and then also other factors factor in and people black people getting kind of getting pushed into cities around the country Mm -hmm. and 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 and, you know and and so there everything has a meaning to it it's not just like i don't know there's just like no black people in this town yeah it's like that's that's when that's where the narratives come from people go yeah yeah well black people not allowed to go there but it's like i feel like that's how those those rumors come up yeah so uh my story this week uh was about carol jenkins is the murder of carol jenkins um, so Carol Jenkins was born to Elizabeth Jenkins in Franklin, Indiana in 1947. Her mother uh, divorced her father when Carol was still an infant. Elizabeth would later marry Paul Davis, a local factory worker in nearby Rushville. So Paul raised Carol as his own while he and Elizabeth would go on to have five more children, mm. all of whom looked up to Carol as their big sister. As a teenager, Carol wanted, Carol wanted to move to Chicago and become a model. Yet shortly after graduating from Rushville High School in 1965, she got a job at the plant um, of the Philco division of the Ford Motor Company. Mm. Carol worked there until drastically a, different, yeah, yeah, lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carol worked there until a union strike temp- temporarily shut down the plant, shut the plant down. Looking to supplement her income, she took a job as a door-to-door sales saleswoman for for Colliers, which is um, which is selling encyclopedias. Man, what a different world, man. I was thinking the same thing. I was the way like, I wow. can just ask Alexa to tell me anything and I, imagine having to go into a book and like go to page 1047. To sell those books like. But they were some people bought people them. Buying them like people, that? Oh yeah, people there's people that still got uh uh dictionaries and shit from 180 years ago that cuz you needed it. Why? He's going to pass them down. I they're going to get burned. I don't, I don't give me a bunch of books with words in. It. You know, you can just ask Siri anything. Yeah. Do you know what Alexa whispers? No. Oh, bone. You chilling. have Alexa. You I have Alexa in my kit in my kitchen when I'm looking for recipes or whatever. Play play music while I'm cooking. Hmm. But if you go like, if you, if you have you, that and Google Home. Google. I don't home? have Google Home. Oh, I thought you did. Okay. Mm-mm. But if you're in the kitchen and you go like, you can turn on whisper mode. I don't know why you would ever need to use this unless like I don't know like if a burglar maybe and a burglar's. But it's not. It's like it's not. How do, it's it's, it's not a not it's really not, a whisper. It is. Oh, it is a whisper. In so chair. what do you mean? You don't know. You but I'm just saying, like, if I was in an emergency, what I'm gonna go like, Alexa, call the police. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. But I didn't. We just had a good time with that on my birthday. Uh, we were still high, and it was like, um, it was like, hey Alexa, who was the president in 1926? The president in 1926. Like it was like it was That's like funny. it was funny, but it was scary <laughs> as shit, man. Anyway, encyclopedia is useless now in 2021. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so in, in September of 1968, 20-year-old Carol dressed in a white cotton turtleneck, a pair of olive green wool pants, a brown jacket, and a bright yellow scarf, embarked on her first day of selling encyclopedias door-to-door. To impress her boss, she volunteered to go she pr- and volunteered to go to Martinsville, Indiana. Martinsville was known to be a sundown town. Mm. Yet, Carol thought she would be safe that evening as she would be traveling with um, three co-workers, two white men, and a 19-year-old black woman. Mm, while, I don't like this dynamic at all. Yep. While on, her, while on her route, two white men in the car began following her, catcalling at her, and, her, and hurling racist slurs. She approached the home of a, of a young white married couple, Dawn and Norma Neal, seeking help, asking them, please let me in. I've got somebody following me. The Neals called the police out to their residence. The police reported that they tracked down the locals who admitted following her, but admitted to nothing else. They ain't fucking do nothing. They probably ain't yeah. lying like shit. Um, Norman, like, hey, he- listen, next time, don't be so aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can shout at them. They so aren't you people. You yeah, yeah, you can say whatever you want to them. But if they call me, I got to come do my job. <laughs> so just, you know, take it easy next time. Yeah. Uh, so Norman Neal walked several blocks with Carol looking for her co-workers. When they could not find them, Neil offered to let Carol stay at their residence. Carol turned down the offer, um, saying, saying that she did not want to trouble them further. Around 8.30 p.m., Carol then walked off. 8.30 p.m. <sighs> Carol then walked off, heading to, the, heading to the predetermined rendezvous point, where she was supposed to meet her co-workers to head back to Rushville. Approximately, now, this is 8.30 p.m. Yeah, sun is down. That's a, I feel like that's a hard, tough to make because it's like, I can't walk. I can't be walking around here at 8.30 p.m. Sure, but like, I also don't and know I don't if know I trust these, those people at My point house. exactly. Yeah. That's a so, tough spot. It's like, I'd rather, that's a tough, because it's like, I'd rather risk getting back to the white people that I know are cool yeah. than these people seem cool, but I don't know what happens when I shut my eyes and go to sleep. So she would, she felt safer. Or, well, I mean, if the official story is she didn't want to bother them any further, but yeah. I know, I know. How easy it is to just yeah. lie to some people. Like, oh, thank you so much. Oh my God. I, yeah. I you know, thank as you. As much as I want to say, I don't no, nah, I don't want to. But it's like they did call the police. Uh she did walk with her a couple blocks. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's still no it's still not. But it's a, also it's probably a, like after experiencing like a racist incident like that, it's like yeah, I want to go home. True. You know? True. So I, I yeah. it's all it's, and it's, it's not all a ton kind of, of trust yeah, with somebody you just met. Yeah, yeah. It's all kind of complicated emotions in that situation. Yep. So approximately fifteen to thirty minutes later, two men got out of the car and chased her down. Um her arms were held back from behind from behind by one man, mm. while the other man stabbed her with a screwdriver in her oh, heart. Oh the man left her in the street where bleeding out um in the street where bleeding out from the womb where she died. Carol's father insisted that due to the racist past of Martinsville, the police should bring in the FBI to help investigate, but the police refused. Davis would later say, I felt that because she was a black girl, nobody did anything. Mm. Mm. In June of 2000, Carol's mother Elizabeth received an anonymous phone call from someone revealing the name of the killer. Elizabeth told Paul, who dipped into the retirement savings to hire a private investigator to look into it, after the after the Indiana State Police got wind of Paul's efforts, they assigned two cold case investigators to look back into the murder. And in November 2001, the investigators received an anonymous letter naming the killer, Kenneth Clay. Kenneth Clay Richmond. The, the letter um, also said that Richmond's daughter, Shirley, had witnessed the murder. Mm. So this little girl at the time was in the backseat when this all happened. Mm. And um, who was the one they said they might have wrote the anonymous letter in the phone call? Oh, wow. So for more than 33 years, the murder of Jenkins remained unsolved. 
But on May 8th, 2002, police arrested Kenneth, Kenneth Richmond in the Indianapolis nursing home. Upon his arrest, Richmond was found to be 70-year-old career a career criminal with a history of bizarre behavior and affiliation with the groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. The Klan, yep. At the time of the killing, Richmond lived in a nearby Hendricks County farm and was just passing through Martinsville on the, on the night Jenkins was murdered. Richmond's estranged daughter of 24 years, Shirley, now married with the last name McQueen. So then what you're saying is it probably wasn't those two dudes. He just was passing by and saw some black girl walking down the road and was just enraged. Yeah. So I, it could have been uh, the people that, that was catcalling her earlier. It could have just been some other racist Some person. other racist motherfucker that was just like. crazy. You know, you know, you but that that like that mean that means like that's not even an odds thing. That means like everybody that rolled past her was at least pretty fucking racist. Yeah, like it wasn't like uh, she ran into the two dangerous racist people in that town. It was like everybody was probably like, "What the fuck is that person doing?" I'm so that that night when the news got out, people got like, "What did I say? Yeah, good. What did did I say? Yeah, yeah. she knows she's not supposed to be here. Yeah, like it's their fault. It's her fault. Yeah, it's like that's crazy. Yeah, Uh, wow." Yeah, so a Richmond's estranged daughter of 24 years, Shirley, now married with the last name McQueen, corroborated the details of Carol's murder, including the clothing that Jenkins was wearing that night, which never, which had never been revealed to the public. So detectives believed that the information given about the murder was accurate and they had found one of the killers. Now, um, something like that for her to, to, to bring up details that haven't been um, put out to the public. Yeah. Had it been a crazy night for you to... To remember yeah. details like that to go, she had this on that and that. Oh yeah, that then you you were there. We know you were there. Yeah, you saw your father murder somebody. That right. that probably leaves a pretty good imprint on your brain, you know. Yep. So the police realized that they that they would not have found Shirley if it had not been for the anonymous phone call and letter. Both the call and the letter had been provided by forty six year old Connie McQueen, Shirley McQueen's former sister in law. Shirley had confided um, and Connie about the murder, and Connie felt compelled to do something. Mm. So that must have came up. Some she had to get it off her chest, bro. Bothering her for years, for sure. And it was just like, I gotta tell somebody. And she went, Hey, you need to go ahead and. That's how you're supposed to react. I mean, if somebody comes, like whenever we, oh, we, yeah, we do yeah, these yeah, stories, yeah. somebody's like, Yo, I killed like five people. Yeah. And like, what did you you expect them to just like hold that and yeah. be like, Man, that's crazy. Yo, no, you're hard. Now that's on my conscience. Exactly. No, hell Shirley no. was like, I gotta. <laughs> we have to solve this. Yes. Uh, so Shirley McQueen stated that Richmond had a pronounced dislike for black people. As a seven-year-old, she watched from the backseat of her car as her father and another man who had been riding around drinking together killed Carol Jenkins. McQueen stated that when her father and the unknown assailant got back into the car, Richmond laughed and said of Jenkins, she got what she deserved. Mm. As they drove away, McQueen looked back and saw Jenkins fall next to a bush. McQueen stated as they drove back home, Richmond gave her $7, $1 for each year of her life to keep his daughter quiet about what she had witnessed. Wow. Yep. Look how insignificant a black life was. That's crazy. But that's uh, $7. As if it was like, hey, don't tell, don't tell mommy I took a, extra, a piece of pie before the pie got cold. Yeah. You know, like $7? Yeah. To be quiet about a murder? Why are you, why are you riding around drunk? With your kid With in the car? Well, <laughs> I don't think this guy's like the most like... The gold, the shining yeah. example of a parenting, you know. So yeah, there was a, there was probably a ton of other things that he did to ruin. That oh yeah, kid. he was a career criminal. Yeah. But for him to go, see, she like I just she shouldn't even be she she shouldn't have been here. Yeah, that's that's her fault. She got what she deserved. She shouldn't be in that's Martinsville, disgusting. Indiana. That is so disgusting. Man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Richmond never went. I'm sorry, Richmond never went to trial for Jenkins' murder. Nor was he 
his accomplice ever identified. He was declared incompetent to stand trial. Again, he was like 70 years old at this point. That's not even that old. Two weeks. Mm. Yeah, two weeks later, in August 31st, 2002, he died of bladder cancer. Following the murder, Don and Norman Neal received constant harassment. Now, these are the two, the, two, uh, the white couple that she went and knocked on the door to ask for help. They received harassment? Yeah. So Don and Norman Neal received uh, constant harassment and death threats after it was revealed that they tried to help Jenkins. Wow. Yep. Wow. Tried. Yeah. Because they didn't. She yep. didn't stay there. But the, even the offer. Yeah. But you know what that does? That runs even white people who are like, we don't, we're not racist. Now they get run out of the town. That's now the town is like straight, straight up racist. Yeah. yeah, it's like we don't it even was have a couple white sprinkled people. in there that yeah. wasn't, but they had to play along. Yeah, you like you like those people. Yeah, no, you got to get out of here. Yeah, yeah, you got to get out. Yeah, of here. that was just like, the, what so was, was this? it black people at your house just now? Yeah, what playing was that, taboo. What was that story? I can't remember that lady's name. I'm, I'm I'm kind of upset. I can't remember her name, but I did that story where she was like, um, she was she was in the trenches. She was walking. Oh with yeah, I can't remember her name. Civil rights movement. And she got and she got killed for trying to help people out. That's that's wild, man. So in 2014, the Neals proposed an, a monument in Martinsville in Carol's in Carol's memory. Shout out to the Neals, man. However, the plans were scraped. I'm sorry, were scrapped after the county commissioner Norma, Norman Voyle said that he started getting flack about it. They, By flack, he means the happy. Ku Klux Klan was gonna come and, and fuck burn his fucking house. Down. Yeah. So a community park in Rushville, Indiana, was then named in Jenkins was just was then named after Jenkins as Carol Jenkins Davis Park. In November 1st of 2017, which is not that long ago, mm-hmm. and, in, and a memory stone was placed in the garden of Martinsville City Hall on November 2nd of 2017 um, in the honor of, Carl, of Carol Jenkins. Um, so that was my story of Carol Jenkins. I just think, again, I'm sad that she, you know, she passed and she was killed in that way with Absolutely. a screwdriver to the fucking heart. Just alone, trying to, alone in a fucking just, racist city. Just trying to town. work. Right. Just trying to work make a dollar to cover her bills because she didn't have a job at the time yeah uh shout out to the normans because they tried to help her out but i can't i can't blame her for that because i would be the same way i go you know like we just said nah, i don't know you don't like know you. i'd rather go home yeah and i want to know what happened to her the co-workers Friends. if they were supposed to meet at this place it's just when um think about this is like okay so you can go there to work like a black people can go there to work or whatever sure. during the day get the fuck out of there so but is it is it like the people that's the wife that's there, they go. I hope they still here after seven. Is, is it like it's, oh, it was? It's like they. It's like they better not. They better be. not. But it's but like I'm gonna do something if they are. Yeah, but you know? I'm seeing them there during the day. It's like get there during the day, and you're well, it's there, like it's the like, purge, man. It's like you get. It's like it's it's an unwritten rule. Like I can't bother you. I can't bother day. you right now because that's, that's the rules. Crazy, it's man. sun. It's daytime. You are at work or whatever, but you don't live here. I think sundown just means like. You're a guest, and you don't sleep in this. <laughs> yeah, you don't yeah, yeah. live in this town. Yeah. I think that's really the, the 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 intention of it. I don't think it's like it's, there's no like voodoo or something. Like, oh, now it's nighttime. It's like nighttime implies that you're gonna go and go to sleep and be here. Yeah, yeah. and this is a white town, mm. so you can come here and hang out or work or whatever, but you don't live here. This is a white town. So, I'm, so are they like? Dialing back the racism a little bit during the day? I, that's probably, why I just don't, probably I don't not. understand. They just aren't going to run you out. Run you, <laughs> dude, I'm going to fucking kill you. They're not going to, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, really. Maybe, they, maybe, that, maybe that is an unwritten ruler. Just, just dial it back, doing it. Between, yeah, dial between it back. nine and five, dial it back. Dial it back a it's just, we're going to drive, yell stuff at you. Yeah. Those two guys yeah. that got the police called on them, yeah. that's the standard. 
Yeah. If you're black, if you're black in Martinsville at this time, maybe still now. I don't fucking know. We'll never, we'll never go to Martinsville, Indiana. I, I, I can say that unequivocally. I promise oh, you. Yeah. Never step a foot in Martinsville, Indiana. Yeah. It just won't happen. So I'll never find out personally. But in the daytime in Martinsville, Indiana, hey, uh, monkey, <laughs> throw a banana at you, whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's daytime Martinsville, Indiana. <laughs> yeah. And then nighttime shit gets real. So just the standard level is like egregious and offensive and terrible. The tough skin that our ancestors had to have, man, to deal that's with. That's why I feel like that's why day. I feel like black people are so funny, bro, because we just are able to we have seen we have we have experienced so much darkness over such an extended period of time that it's like you gotta be able to laugh at the pain. Think about all the like comedians growing up, like all the comic view comedians like just making humor out of poverty. Yeah. About, about government cheese and this and you know, uh, a syrup sandwich and all, all jokes, but that's coming from you're starving. Yeah. Like, but I've heard some of the funniest jokes about growing up poor and black. Like yeah. it, it's, it's a, oh, you cut the lights on and the roaches, they're eating sandwiches too, whatever kind yeah. of like, whatever <laughs> jokes are. It's like, yeah. we're talking about extreme poverty destitution, but we found a way to be like, yo, this, Hey man, gotta make a way, man. Gotta find, it's gotta find the humor in it yeah. to get through the day, you know? So yes, the thick skin, but the Mexican, it's like a power. water holes and rocks thrown at you and sure. slurs all day. It's like, yeah. shit. And then people wonder, it's like, people wonder why it's like we black people have higher chances of high, high blood pressure and, and stress levels yeah. killing us and bad hearts and, and, and clogged arteries and all this other shit. It's like just existing is a thousand levels of stress. Yeah. Outside of like paying bills and mm-hmm. your kids or your kid gets hurt or you know you have a, some kind of medical emergency yeah all those things that are like these are just common stresses that everybody every human has yeah every human's gonna have those common stresses my mom died mm-hmm. uh, i'm not gonna get that promotion at work whatever and also on top of that it's like the system of oppression mm-hmm. on top of that yeah you know it, it's it's a it's a it's a tremendous weight man it's america man yeah so that was my that's Thank you very nice. much, man. I, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm sure there's, it's possible there's some, you know, a ton of listeners listening to this that didn't know what a sundown yeah. town was. Let's go take a trip to Chevy Chase. Bro, let's see, see what's going on down there. I will just never. walk down, just Chevy. take a stroll. <laughs> nah. Like, what the fuck are they doing? What are they? <laughs> what are those Jordans? <laughs> not he, This is a Sperry's town. They just fucking start. They don't You know not I saw a flag that says Trump 2024. <laughs> 2024 or some 2023 whatever that doesn't surprise me at all bro I, it surprised me i was like oh, oh here we go over? no i thought oh, he's coming back like darth vader bro i thought that somebody was gonna die down no. i still think it will die down a little bit but for them to go no i'm gonna went, put up a flag for it they went advance no they went in, they went in into the ground like cicadas that's wild they they're still around they just they're like okay well, we're gonna keep it quiet for now whatever start building up you know support support and energy and then when it's time election time I was shocked. They can jump back out. You gonna see? You gonna see a lot more of those flags. I was shocked, man. You might see even like a uh, fucking Ivanka Trump twenty twenty four flag. Oh yeah, no, they're coming back, man. This this is the, this is the sequel. The, 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 <laughs> Sith, the Sith Lords are returning, I was bro. Like, Look at that, this. Oh, that shit ain't over. They love that, but man. that's Jesus. like in advance. That's it. That's he's letting you know now. Like Biden just got in the office. Yeah, so nah. Twenty bring twenty twenty four to right now. Wow. Wow. Hey man. Hey. Anyway, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's my turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. All right, and we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Lester Harrison. Okay. Uh, my sources, Fran, are Murderpedia. I also got some information from the Chicago Tribune. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so here we go. <clears throat> Lester Harrison was born in Illinois in the year 1924. Uh, you know, he had a you know rough upbringing in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, young kid or whatever. Uh, in 1945, at the age of 22... Harrison was given a five to 10 year prison sentence after being convicted of an armed robbery in Chicago. Okay. While locked up in a Menard correctional center, he struck and killed another inmate convicted murderer, Norman Kimmy. Mm. What, what they say, what he hit him with or it's like, a no, fight I, or? I don't know. I didn't get that information, Shit. but he, he hit him hard enough to kill him with whatever he hit him with. So he did that. He did that in November of 1951, okay. earning him a stretch in the state hospital after he was deemed incompetent to stand trial for that murder. Mm. Upon parole, there will be more convictions, eight in all, on various charges, including larceny, attempted robbery, unlawful use of a weapon, battery, and indecent exposure. Which is always just crazy crazy to me that there's people out here just like whipping out their schlong. Yeah. As a man, as a man, the the idea of me being like, man, let me, I got to just show them this. Like at a at like a Arby's, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the idea of that is just it's like that's so gross. I just can't fathom it. But it's it's, it's mental it's mental illness, really, yeah. is what it is. Like that's crazy. Harrison jumped bail twice, and twice more was sent back to the state hospitals for diagnosis and treatment. So this is just a mess. Yeah. After being found competent for trial on mm. on robbery charges in March 1972, now 48 year old Harrison was convicted and sentenced to 18 months and then released by a judge on the basis of time served during psychiatric evaluations. Mm-hmm. Through an extensive career as a criminal, no one suspected Harrison of possible involvement in a string of grisly homicides committed around Grant Park in downtown Chicago. Agnes Lehman was the first victim, beaten to death near the park's band shell, which is like an outdoor stage. Like if mm-hmm. you ever go, Some parks, not every park, but some parks have just like a stage where you know they might do plays or musical performances okay. and stuff like that. So she was found near a band shell. Uh, on July 10th, 1970, her body was found the next morning. A shoe recovered at the scene was linked to suspect Wilbur McDonald. He was arrested 12 days later after he was found laying unconscious by some railroad tracks after being the victim of a mugging. McDonald admitted to speaking to Lehman the night of her death, but insisted that a black man had rushed from the darkness, assaulting them both, oh, causing shit. McDonald to run off. And lost shoe. Yeah. So he got... He got mugged from, what's the name? Lester? I, believe, I don't know else. if he knew the name, but he's saying like there was a black person who had started attacking us and then I ran. No, but I'm saying he got, he was, he was found laying next to you. Say no, no, he got, 
He got mugged again. again. <laughs> <laughs> There's a victim, bro. I don't know. He got dude, just living. It's the rough life. For, uh, the hell it's a rough life for this McDonald guy. Wilbur McDonald is just like a That's why I'm like, wait. Yeah, they no. found him unconscious. They found him knocked out somewhere else from victim of another robbery. Damn. That's why he, he ran. That's why he ran. He's like, not not again. You know, uh, rest in peace to Agnes Lehman. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just saying, like, maybe this dude gets robbed all the time and beat up, and he just was like, ran away, and then they found a shoe, yeah. and then they tied it to him, and then they found him 12 days later, knocked the fuck out yeah. by some train tracks, the victim of another robbery. Shit, so, man. you know, he came to and was like, you're you, you're wanted for murder and questioning in a murder. Yeah. You know, he's like, I've been knocked out. Be. Yeah. <laughs> I've been knocked out for hours. I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, So... So that was his. That was his. His story is that that's how he met uh, Miss Lehman, Agnes Lehman. Mm-hmm. Is that they were talking, and then somebody came out and attacked them, and he ran. That's how he lost his shoe because he was getting he was getting robbed, and then he like escaped and ran away. Uh, skeptical jurors rejected the story, convic- uh, convicting McDonald of murder. What? And the court handed down a sentence of a hundred to one hundred and fifty years in prison. Damn. Yeah. Authorities saw no reason to reopen the case on September fifth, nineteen seventy two. When Judith Bedley was beaten to death a few yards from the previous murder scene, so two years later, after the uh, death of, of Agnes Lehman, mm-hmm. they found another body in the same park, and they and instead of going like, well, maybe this is connected, and, and if it's co- and if it's connected, the person that committed the first murder is still, still out, out, yeah. So we should maybe free Wilbur McDonald. They just didn't pay any t- attention to that. That's crazy. Uh, three weeks later, Lester Harrison was charged with assaulting 31-year-old Cazetta Gladys, knocking her down with a brick. And dragging her through a Chicago alley, uh, he was released on five thousand dollars bond on September twenty eighth, and he was subsequently found competent for trial and formally indicted on December twenty ninth. How much was the bond? Five thousand dollars. That's which, it. Which is, I mean, if that's the bond, then he only had to pay ten percent of that. So everybody is uh, allowed to to get a bond. No matter what you, except murder. Except for murder. I mean, that also says the discretion of the judge. Oh, okay. Like the judge, you might you might be arrested for. Burglary, but the judge is like, "Look at your track record. I'm not letting you out yeah, on bond." Out. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it's it's, it's it's murder. He shouldn't be out on bond. It's somebody with a brick. Yeah, no. I mean, this is this is the he hit somebody with a brick, and he has a long history. He murdered somebody, right? Now they just said they found him not competent for it, but he still murdered somebody while he was in prison. prison. So yeah, right. Yeah. So like he has a long track record, but again, it's at the judge's discretion. Just random question: Does it depend on like your financial status? Well, in what way? What do you mean? Like, if you like, say, if uh, Jay Z got arrested or something for something, and they were like, "Oh well, we, we know he has money," can they up the? Well, bail? depends. Well, I don't know if they. I don't know if like, they'll up the bail for that, but that can be a situation where you get no bond, but depending on how vicious the crime is, because okay. they might deem you a flight risk. Mm, okay. They go, "You have enough money to pay bond, get out, and then just jump bail and never come back." Oh, gotcha. Okay, all right, that makes sense. But in another situation, where you're asking about financial, yeah, I mean, like, um, there's a lot of laws changed here in Baltimore. Bail bondsmen used to be a really big industry here. They changed yeah. a lot of. Uh, oh, really? They, they changed. They changed a lot of the laws, which made it harder to be a bail bondsman here in Baltimore. But at, at its heyday of bail bondsmen here in Baltimore, you know, uh, I know a guy that I work with where he was like, I used to call down to the the Towson. J- jail because mm-hmm. there would be drunk kids in the drunk tank and shit mm-hmm. and he had this whole scheme where he would be like i know i know guys that are you know doing some a three-month stretch in jail whatever i call them and then i tell them yo uh look for uh connor smith and kind of just be like yo uh i got your back like basically make them feel like towson jail drunk tank is yeah. like you might get stabbed in here yeah but it's all a ruse 
to so basically what so basically he called the bail bondsman calls that guy that guy kind of fills Connor Smith's head with some fear. Mm-hmm. And then Connor Smith calls his parents like, Mom, you have to come get me now. Go to Jack Johnson's oh, yeah. bail bondsman and he'll have the, give him the bail money. So then he makes money. He kicks off the dude who went to talk to Connor with a couple dollars for, and it's, it's, it's like a racket. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's like a, it's like a hustle. What do I don't hear those, those ads anymore? They cha- the industry changed. Cause you used, to, you used to always see a pen. Yeah, always see I big nev- boys. Not, all these, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they still exist. But they like, do. There's still one on East Avenue. But bail, bail reform happened, and it's it's mm. not as lucrative of a business as it used to be. Mm. But at its heyday, there was all kind of hustles happening yeah. and everything like that. I didn't know but that. my point is that yeah, I mean, if you are poor, you're gonna stay in jail if you can't afford to pay your bail. He's do payments and stuff. Yeah. Okay. You just got to pay a percentage of of the bond. And if somebody, like, if you and me commit a crime, mm-hmm. I come from an affluent family and you don't, we did the same crime, I get out. Mm. I get out. I never, spend, I, I never spend a minute in jail. Because somebody paid your bail? Because somebody paid my bail so I can fight my case on the streets. Yeah. We, go to the, we, go to the, we go to the trial a month, two months from now because the courts are all backed up. So I spend the next two months just out living my life and you spend two months in jail mm. waiting for your trial and then you get the trial and they throw the case out. So you get no... You get no uh, charge put on you There's no record But you've been sitting there But you've been months. sitting in jail For too much You lost your job You know Went behind Lost You know Went behind on your, your Rent or at your house Whatever You know So it, it is like There's this financial Caste system within Crime Yeah I know that Yeah man Yeah uh, I don't really know Again I'm not a bail bondsman Yeah So I don't know what Things changed But you just don't hear The ads and shit Like you used to Cause the industry changed Yeah yeah, yeah. It's not as It's not as lucrative Of a business yeah. as it used to be mm. So like I said, he was indicted for hitting that lady with the brick in December of, in December 29th of that year in, in uh, 1972. A judge allowed the meager bail to stand despite his violent record and long history of mental disorders. Harrison's trial was still pending in July of 1973 when Irene Kutros was found stabbed to death in Grant Park's underground garage. Three weeks later, on August 3rd, Lee Wilson was fatally stabbed in the same park. Her, her assailant paused to gnaw on the body before he escaped. What? On September 4th, David Ott held his baby while his wife, Judith Ott, went to the restroom in Grant Park. A horrific scream escaped from the bathroom, followed by a man bolting out with a bloody knife in hand. Mm. Ott chased him down and tackled him, not knowing that the scream was his wife's and that she was dead. This was in a bathroom. This was in a bathroom. A park bathroom. Park bathroom. Yeah. He just w- waiting it like he just was in there. He, it's a women. It was in the women's bathroom. That's I crazy. guess it could have been like a unisex bathroom, but probably in this at this time, I don't even know if they had unisex bathrooms. But he was in the women's bathroom waiting for a victim in the park, lying in wait. And his yeah. this is his like hunting ground. Once in custody, Harrison confessed to four of the Grant Park murders, staunchly denying a role in the case of Irene Kutros, the woman who was stabbed to death in Grant Park in July of 1973. Lester took trophies. He not only cannibalized at least one known victim, but others had body hair removed and stuffed into envelopes with newspaper clippings from their murders kept at his home. The fuck? In addition to his confessed crimes, which in turn freed Wilbur McDonald, police sought links in the death of 28-year-old Elizabeth Dawson, mm-hmm. who was recovered in August 1972 from an abandoned building next door to Harrison's home. Wow. Defense motions and psychiatric examinations delayed Harrison's murder trial until 1978. He was acquitted on the grounds of insanity. Unwilling to set the diagnosed schizophrenic lust killer free, 
prosecutors convened a special hearing to have Harrison declared sexually dangerous, dusting off a little used state law to have him confined for as long as he remained a menace to society. Mm. Now, while I'm fine with this guy being locked away forever, I think that's an insane ability to find in a loophole in the court system to just because he was found incompetent to be convicted of the murders. They just found some loophole to keep him in jail forever, which again, I'm fine with in this situation. But if you label anybody else sexually dangerous, it's like an indefinite sentence. Mm. So if they didn't murder anybody, but you just, again, anybody that they would put it on, I would assume would be like a a serial rapist or something. So I, I don't have any, I don't think I have any remorse for the person that they would dust off this, you know, this sentence for, but the idea that there's this thing you could just, you could just deem somebody and it's like, you're in prison until we don't think you're sexually dangerous anymore. I feel like as the, as the family. Yeah. That's not, that's not why they're in there. Yeah, that's, you're not, you're not, not, you're not holding them responsible right. for murdering. Exactly. My family so that's, I don't, that's, I think that's cool that they got him. Like, look, we, we had to get, we got, we're going to get him on something to keep him in here. But for me, it's like, that's not why he wasn't convicted of murdering those right. people. That's not why he's in there for that's, yeah. that's, that's I don't like that. That's a tough one. It's like, I'm, I'm fine. This person's clearly a danger to society. Right, right. He I'm glad he's off the streets. Yeah, for sure. But like, he wasn't found guilty for murder my for family the, member or exact, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So is this like a yearly, uh, like, like they reevaluate yeah. him? And stuff? I don't know. They might, mm. I, I would assume that technically that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But I think they're like, this dude killed four women. Fuck him. Just put him in a cell and just let, let him, him sit there. Sit. Yeah. yeah. He's not okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A year later. Yeah, He's yeah, still a, a menace. Yeah. Uh, in 1986, a pair of public defenders filed a petition asserting that Harrison was no longer dangerous because of his physical condition. Okay. An old bone injury had affected his spine and caused him to become a quadriplegic, according to this petition mm-hmm. by these two public defenders. Assistant State's Attorney John Brady asserted that if Lester Harrison is physically able to move, I consider him dangerous. Harrison's own family agreed. His sister and nephew, who asked not to be named, presented the court with a two-page letter. The letter said, we fear that he is indeed capable and likely to kill again if he has tasted human flesh. Mm. This very thought is abhorrent and repulsive, yet is a matter of public record. I don't care what blood we have related to him. Keep him in jail yeah, yeah, yeah. forever. Yeah. He's, He's we're crazy. scared. We're, yeah. we're scared he might hurt us. If he can walk, then he's, he probably can kill That's him. basically what they said. Right. I got some more quotes from some other people. That oh, the, the, the final defense that they put forward to yeah. keep him in prison is what made them drop the case. I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, the state also countered with testimony from guards at Belleville State Hospital, which is where he was at because he was found, he was found like criminally insane. He yeah. wasn't put in prison. Um, uh, the, 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 um, the counter testimony suggested that Harrison was capable of raising his arms, that he mm-hmm. spoke incessantly of sexual activity, and that he was visibly aroused when certain nurses entered his room. In the hospital, being a, a nasty man, fucking getting boned up and talking about sex and looking at the nurses weird, making everybody uncomfortable. And as Terry, Le- as Terry Levin, spokesperson for the state's attorney's office, told the court, if Lester Harrison was able to get his hands on any woman, that woman would be in danger of being killed. Mm. If he could use one leg, he would try to use that leg to kick somebody to death. If he could use one arm... He would use that one arm to try to beat somebody to death. And uh, the petition seeking Harrison's release was withdrawn in August 11th of 1986. Mm. And as far as I know, Lester Harrison could possibly still be alive, but I doubt it because he was born in 1924. Oh, shit. And that's, he, he'd be like 96 mm-hmm. years yeah. old. Yeah, he, he's like three years from, from 100 years old. So he's, he'd be 97. So I'm assuming he died, but I wasn't able to find like 
an obituary or uh, like a day that he died. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I found an article from 2002 where the story came back up. Mm -hmm. So that might have like came back up because he died, but it didn't say within that article that he died. Mm. So I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and just say he's dead. Yeah. Where he, is he residing now? Where was this? Hell, I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, oh, yeah. where was he? In, where was he in prison? In Illinois. So Illinois. Yeah, in Illinois. <laughs> he said, "That's where he deserves it." Yeah, be yeah, there. for sure. No, he's a piece of shit, scumbag. Um, but yeah, no, that was the story of Lester Harrison. Again, you know, uh, uh, you know, no disrespect to Wilbur Wilbur uh, McDonald, man. Um, I'm glad that he ended up getting free. It's a shame that he, you know, had to take the hit for that um, short time. He was yeah. he spent a couple years in prison. Well, he probably was more safe in. In prison. In prison? I don't know. I don't I feel yeah, like that's true. that dude, that's like the one place you yeah, don't want to be, you know. Um, but he was he was the, his conviction was overturned eventually. Good. And you know, it's a shame that that happened to him. I'm glad he got ended up getting free because a lot of times sometimes people just don't come and correct that mistake for decades. So that's crazy. He could have spent, spent a lot of his Way life. Time, in, yeah. You know, so yeah, so that's that's the silver lining if you want to try to find one. Um uh, I want to say uh rest in peace to Agnes Lehman. Judith Bedley, Cosetta Gladys, who wasn't murdered, but he hit her with a brick. Fucking piece of shit. That's when he dragged through the alley. Yeah. They aren't sure if he is responsible for the death of Irene Kutros, but it was during the time that he was pending trial for hitting Cosetta Gladys with a brick. So they think that is, and, and she was found in Grant Park. So they believe that he is responsible for that um, murder as well. And uh, of course, Judith Ott, whose husband, David, was unfortunately the first person on the scene with their yeah. child mm -hmm. when she was stabbed by by uh, Lester Harrison. Um, rest in peace to anybody who might have suffered at the hands of Lester Harrison. And uh, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to get into these good vibes and uh, turn the spirits around a little bit. That's right, folks. It's time for some good vibes. Let's lift these spirits up. Let's get some spring spiritualism within us and, and talk about some positive things that are happening in the world. Uh, Fran, my good vibe story this week is about a 12-year-old girl who's starting college before her 13th birthday and plans to be a NASA engineer. Dang. So over the course of the pandemic, the landscape of education has drastically changed. But that hasn't kept one brilliant girl from one brilliant girl whose dreams have never been uh, earthbound from reaching the, to the stars which is also just just to jump out of that real quick it's crazy that like there's all this like everything's up in the air with tuition at these colleges and these you know these universities right now because yeah. they're doing online but like mm -hmm. why would i pay tuition if you're if i'm if i'm taking an online course yeah you know so that's that's been an interesting hurdle to get mm -hmm. over over the last year a lot of kids just like like withdrew from school for the time being but i think stuff's starting to open back up so yeah you know getting getting kids back on campus and i mean i don't think school should cost as much money as it costs anyway Great. but i mean at least justify it with you know in-person learning and, and dorm rooms and, and and those things and you're charging somebody fifteen thousand yeah. dollars a year to fucking to do Not that same experience to do laptop school yeah you know it's crazy um while most preteens are navigating the challenges of middle school at age 12 alina anna lee it's very like poetic. Mm -hmm. Alina Anna Lee has already earned her high school diploma and is set to attend Arizona State University via remote learning in May. ASU is like a party school as well, which is that's like it's interesting that she chose it. It must have it must have a really good program or something that she's which I'm sure it will tell me. But again, at age 12, man, the way I did not give a fuck about grades yeah, to be locked in at 12 is nuts. But that's the thing when you have a plan, when you know you're going to fucking be like a fucking gender, like a astrophysics. Yeah. 
You got to know your shit. Uh, with a planned double major in astronomical planetary science and chemistry, Alina's goal is to become a NASA engineer by the time she's 16, where she hopes to employ her extraordinary skills to build rovers like the ones sent to Mars on missions. You always started real early. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, also, like, shout out to her parents for, like, even... Keeping her focus. Not just keeping her focus, but, like, telling her that this is a thing. Yeah. You know, like, as opposed to, like, uh, uh, opening a business or, or, or you know, uh, getting an accountant's uh, license or whatever. Like, to be an astro engineer for NASA at 12... To the idea of that is, like, wow. Like, how do you even know that that's a job? Yeah. She said, I'll be driving one of those future space mobiles by the time I graduate college. Flex on them one time. A heady goal, perhaps, but according to Alina's mom, Daphne McWhorter, her daughter had already had already set her sights on a career with space agency with the space agency when she was a little girl. She was she would always say, Mommy, I'm going to work for NASA. This is according to McWhorter, just what she told Good Morning America. Then she would start saying, I'm going to be the youngest black girl to ever work for NASA. Mm. Watch. Alina's space odyssey began with her early passion, with her early passion for building Lego toys uh, from which she built intricate models of everything from the Taj Mahal, the Disney castle and the Millennium Falcon to the mm. Apollo 11 Rover and the NASA rocket, which me with Legos, I would me, I would just, it just would build towers. Yeah. And by tower, I just that. mean just like stack all of them blocks until they were tall. Yeah. And, t- and then it will fall, over. fall over. Yeah. 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 Well, you're not going to move. Yeah, exactly. So th- th- I never did anything at- intricate with Legos a day in my life. Uh, designing things and bringing her vision to fruition is the core of what makes the genius tick. But her astute scientific mind has led Alina to be keen, a keen observer in other facets of life as well. Seeing the disparity in STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math. Mm. Alina wanted to become an an engine for social change as well. With her mom's help and encouragement, Alina launched the Brown STEM Girl website to encourage other girls with similar interests to focus on fields from which they'd historically been excluded. Along with her college curriculum, Alina has several projects in the works. One, a children's book she plans to title Brainiac World, putting a positive spin on the nickname kids use to tease her with. And a STEM-centric podcast. This girl is on fire. STEM-centric podcast for which she hopes to land an interview with space pioneer Dr. Mae Jemison. It's an impressive list of accomplishments, but more than anything else, Alina hopes to serve as an example to other girls not to let the preconceived notions of others keep them from defining their own destinies. It doesn't matter what your age or what you're planning to do, she told ABC. Go for it. Dream, then accomplish it. While no specific announcements have been made, NASA has already reached out to the 12-year-old Texas prodigy. Our guess is Alina's future is going to be out of this world. That's what the article said. I didn't I didn't write that. Mm-hmm. I, I would never say anything so corny. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but no, shout out to Alina, man. And I think that this is very important. See, there's this conversation happening around um, affirmative action and um, picking people of color to do things if they're qualified for them and that's seen as like this form of reverse racism where I see it as this little girl understands that it's possible for her to be to work at NASA Mm -hmm. and there are tons of black kids who don't know that she this girl Alina is now an example to kids that like oh you can do that job Mm -hmm. they don't they they realize that the box isn't as confining as 
three jobs or whatever, you yeah. know? So, so the, like, uh, I think it was Delta. Some airline was like, we're going to try to start hiring more people of color and women as pilots. And it's like, putting that message out into the world tells a kid somewhere in Chicago or somewhere in Baltimore that, like, it's not crazy that you have a desire to want to fly planes. So is it the idea from us as black people to go, black people don't do that. Yes. So we just, like, steer away from even trying to we, we limit ourselves because the world limited us in it's like a chicken or the egg situation mm. you know it's like the world told us these are what you can do yeah so generations go by and so these jobs you're just like oh white people will do those jobs yeah, or like yeah. anybody other than the black people do that. that's not something we do yeah and it's like no that's not true you can do anything yeah and w- and women like alina are showing that when she does she must make she makes this black girl stem website She's like, no, I'm telling people like this is a job you can do. It's fun. Look how fun this is. It's 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 informative. You're yeah. changing the world. Black people can be in this space. And when you feel welcome, it's like, oh, well then maybe I should push myself a little harder in school because I want to do that. You know? So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. And I think that this message that Alina sent into the world is beautiful. Like, hey, black people can fucking work for NASA. And I'm sure black people do work for NASA. I'm not saying black people don't work for NASA, but it's like Put it out into the world and say, "Hey, like, black people should be working for NASA." Yeah, like let's 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 make that a thing that we we can just let's make that a reality. It's not just like some fantasy. Like, oh yeah, Alina did it, and she's just the only one that'll ever do it. It's like, no, let's just make it normal that black people working at NASA. We don't have to be some. That doesn't have to be tokenism. Yeah, but and but out of the gate, sometimes tokenism has to happen because you have to let people know like you're welcome in this space. Yeah, so it might be the first one, the first girl to fucking. Segre- desegregate schools That little girl That famous picture Of that black girl I can't remember her name right now for, I feel like a piece of shit But they threw tomatoes at her Yeah But she was the first girl To desegregate schools In that in that state You know And then now It's just like Like people just go to school White people Yeah Maybe not in Alabama as much But like In other places yeah. Like you know uh, Segregation it, it just desegregation happened You know But somebody had to be The first person And Alina's saying like I'm I might be the first person Coming out And, and advocating for more black Black girls in STEM programs and being working at NASA, but like, if I the work that I do now will eventually lead to this More just being people. normal, yeah, and then not being something that we need to write about because it's just something we know we can do, yeah. So I thought that was beautiful. Shout out to Alina, and keep doing your thing, girl. Six, she, she wants to be working for NASA by the time she's sixteen. She's twelve. Illegal. I, I mean, you get your workers permit. You can work at McDonald's. I don't know why you can't work at NASA. True. That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> if she's got all the qualifications and she's 17 years old and she's yeah. knocking on that door, let her in. Yeah, for sure. That was my good vibe story, yeah. friend. I like that. Um, so my good vibe story is uh, about a rail worker, a rail worker who saved who saved a child from a train, um, and he got money for that. So he donated half of the money to the boy's family. Mm. So after saving the life of a little boy who fell on the tracks, um. An, an Indian rail work, railway employee went viral for his kindness on the internet. Now he's being praised once again, this time for giving the boy's family money the Ministry of Railways gave him as a reward. Mm. Though he though he has his own family to take care of, when 30-year-old Mayor, Mayor Shelk was given $660 from the ministry in a special ceremony, he decided he'd donate the good portion towards the education of the very child he saved. Wow. He said, I'll give half I'll give half the amount. I'll give half of the amount given to me as a as a token of appreciation for that child's welfare and education. Um, Shelk told the Asian News International. I came to know the family isn't financially strong, so I decided this. As news of Shelk's newest acts of 
of selflessness spread, his his name once again began trending on social media with the many praising his kindness and good spirits. So shout out to him for saving this child's life. For sure. And, and going, splitting, you know, splitting I don't a need, reward or whatever. He needs some, some of this money just more than me or just as much as I need it. Yeah. And he deserves it. So I thought that was super dope. See, that I respect. I have no negative, negative yeah. things to say about him giving money to that child. But that story you did a couple weeks ago about that lady that found that money at the Goodwill and uh, then gave, gave it back. Yeah. And then the guy was like, thank you so much, young yeah. lady. Here's $1,000. Yeah. It's like, see? If that's karma to you, you could have had thirty. But your yeah. good, your good, your good will got you a thousand dollars. But both that, sides of the coin. I'm sorry. That's, I think it's both sides of the coin with that. I and think. What way? So, what he did, he he probably didn't even need that money. But he was like, I'm gonna take, yeah, it's, I'm gonna it's, take it's, half it's, of it. That's what I mean. It's six hundred dollars. Yeah, you know? give it to the child. The child got his life saved, and he got money to help his education and his family. For sure. That other girl was just like, I found all this money. Right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be good Samaritan. I'm gonna give it all back to him, and that guy goes, "Here's five hundred dollars <laughs> in a coupon or whatever the fuck." And it's like, what? Here's a thousand dollars and a man. thank and a thank you. No, no, what he did was fucked up. <laughs> That's fucked up, man. What this guy did was was a, was noble. A, was a noble was yeah. a good thing he did, and he wasn't. He probably he wasn't looking for a return but when he gave him that money for the ministry. He probably wasn't looking for that shit. Yeah. When that girl get that money back, I, you're not gonna sit here and tell me mm-hmm. she didn't go. He he has to give me half five, something. I don't know about half. Okay, he had to give me some more whatever, five, whatever yeah. more than a thousand dollars. You're not gonna tell me she didn't think about that. Yeah. I feel like that played a part why she gave that money back. The way I wouldn't have thought about any of these scenarios because I just would have been like money. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm, have been like, well, if I give it back, will he give me ten? Yeah, but I'm not saying you're not nice. But this this lady, she was a nice person. Sure. But that thought of her, I'm, he's going to give me some money back. I know he is. Yeah. For all this money I found and giving it back. She thought wrong, man. She thought wrong. Fuck that. Nice that is, dude was fucked up. Nice, is the, nice is the tool of a fool. If I got uh, that money know. and nobody saw me, no. He not. So, uh, yeah. he not getting that shit back. At all. Never really I'm taking all that. Again. But all shout out, that. But shout out to that to that young man in India, man. Saving that little kid and, you know, learning about his home that kid's home situation and yep. wanting to use that little bit of money to make a difference. Yeah. Which that little it might have been a little it might not have been a little bit of money to him, but it definitely wasn't a little bit of money to the kid. So I don't want to say yeah. like it was a little bit of money to him, right, right, like, right. but it's a big deal to the kid. It might have been a big a big deal to him and he still split it. Yeah, true. So shout out to him either way that it went. And uh that's a big I don't know why they gave him money though. Probably to be like, hey man, don't sue us for fucking yeah. so I mean I could have bashed the ministry, but I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, you don't gotta bash the ministry, man. I could. You could have gave him could have him. Make it a thousand. Yeah. See? I'm not I didn't say it. Even it. Even I it wasn't out. I wasn't gonna go there. We won't we won't people go there. Bad, the way people I just don't I don't understand. Well, this world is frugal, bro. They wanna they wanna give you the minimum amount to to keep somebody quiet. What, so to get their name in the news? Yeah. But okay. let's get our name in the news for like the most Minimum amount of money that we can. <laughs> Bullshit. Six hundred and thirty-two dollars. Like it's such a random. Six sixty. Like <laughs> what? Give me seven hundred. How'd you even come to that? You gave me seven hundred. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Give me a rack. Give me y'all something got, to comment. Y'all in got it. a rack. You got a rack, man. You don't got a rack. You can't just give me a one rack with something with a comment in it. Come on. Six hundred and sixty-four dollars. Anyway, man. <laughs> anyway, before we get out of here, uh, Fran, I, I have to recommend as I, I recommend to you all the time. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna keep doing it, man. But you know, I, I, I know I'm talking Let to you all. Um, there's a really good document documentary series called "Exterminate All Brutes." It's been recommended by a lot of people to us, and I finally started. I watched the first episode. Uh, uh, Josh Hartnett popped up in it, which is random. It, it, it's 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 different mediums. It's like they reenact um, 
like genocides from of Native American people, of Haitian people, of people mm. in Ghana, mm. of all these events where colonizers came and stole land from people. Mm. But they also do reenactments while they're also re- telling the stories. Mm. Um, and it's very powerful and it's very shocking. And it's it's like it's it's telling the stories that we've been told, but we've been told them from the side of the victor. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when you talk about Native American history or, or Amer- American history, it's like manifest destiny. And, you know, we just Christian people came here to to, to build this beautiful country and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, but this documentary is telling it from the side of like uh, we were a Native American uh, tribe and we were just living here minding our business. And then these white yeah, people came, came here on yeah. boats and just slaughtered us all, killed all the buffalo, our source of food. And what he reenacted. All that? They reenact it. They tell the stories. It's like okay. all these different mediums. It's oh, really okay. interesting. It's really powerful. It's it's it's, it's really good. Disturm- Exterminate all brutes is uh, very good. On mm. it's on HBO Max. Highly recommend that. Uh, like I said, are you are you still watching Snowfall? Or you haven't started it yet. I'm watching. It. I just haven't. I haven't watched a couple of episodes in a couple of days because I've been. I wasn't home. So just to give people a gauge, I want to give people yeah. a gauge. So um, three weeks ago, at least three episodes <laughs> ago, you told me you you were watching zero zero zero. Yeah. That's an eight episode show. I haven't finished it. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's what I was getting to. So yeah. you still have not even finished that. Mm-hmm. It's eight episodes. I got two more episodes left. Hey man, look, I get home <laughs> and I lay down. This one I usually watch, and I, I'm gone, man. I knock out. <laughs> I tell her like I'm not gonna make it through this. <laughs> so she gets mad, and then when the next day I gotta go, we gotta go start watch from it. the point where you, yeah. Jeez, oh, what a life, man. Sorry. Yeah, I be tired, man. I, once I lay down, that's it. That's, I try to stay up. That's why I got my room set up so I can sit up, watch TV. But yeah. once I lay down, that's it. Yeah, I drove past um. Gettysburg yesterday. A bit weird. I don't know why. Why? Because it's still kind of set. Like yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep it stuck in time. That's a bit weird. People like going there. I'm like, I don't want to be around all that. I was like, this is weird. I, I told Sophie because she said because they got statues. Mm-hmm. It's like statues in the middle of the fucking field and mm-hmm. X fucking. It's weird. Cannons and shit. Yeah, man. So it's like I was like, yeah, you know, this is where the war happened. But it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, I don't brother know. killing brother. Mm. People, black racist people killing black people. All kind of weird shit. Vibes, man. When I rolled past that, I was like, ah, I'm cool on Gettysburg, man. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, shout out to Gettysburg. Shout out to Hershey's Park and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, 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 but uh, this has been another episode of Affirmative yeah. Murder. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francis Evans. Austin, Texas, this June, CrimeCon. Catch us there. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.